Welcome to Everyday Elephants, where we talk about the big things in the room. Before we jump into today's episode, we want to warn you that we will be talking about sexual harassment. Last week, Christianity Today magazine released a report detailing allegations of sexual harassment against two former employees, an editor-in-chief as well as an advertisement executive. Multiple women endured unwanted touch and sexually inappropriate comments. On top of this, the HR department did not keep record of this. Nothing was done. So before we dive into this unfortunate and messy story, let's start with... uh, Ted, Phil, how are you guys doing today? So I heard an interesting fact the other day that podcasts that last longer than seven episodes, and I think we're at episode 10 right now, usually most podcasts don't last and they they fail. So boys, we made it. We've recorded 10 episodes, so we're doing something in the world. Put it on the resume. So does that mean that we now start getting paid for this? We're like, since we're professional podcasters? Yes, I professional is the word I'd put in front of us. Yeah. I would hope so. That's what I thought. I just I'm just assuming that money will just start showing up at our door, or or sponsorships. Yeah, we got to figure. Okay, that I have out. A, I have a question for you guys, because what we're going to talk about is pretty heavy. So I kind of want to ask a question. If if you could have any sponsor for a podcast, who would you want to sponsor you? Because keep in mind, you're probably going to get free things from them. May I ask a, a clarifying question? You may. Is, is this open to like any sponsorship or is this classic podcast who you hear sponsoring? Let's go with classic podcast who you hear okay. sponsoring. Okay. Wait, I don't listen to enough podcasts that – what does that even mean? It's just – is it anyone or just what you hear on podcast? There are certain agencies that you can tell um, they, they use YouTube or podcasts and that's their main ad. And so I would go with Nectar Mattresses. I'd be down. Give me a free mattress. I will gladly talk about your mattress on my podcast. All right. Now, to be fair, I think that's the only uh, people who sponsor podcast episodes. Uh, so True. I now am without an answer. So we're all out of yes. ideas. Yeah. Right all, so we're all going to go with mattresses. Here's mine. I would like to be sponsored by like Shell or BP. I would just like some free gas. I think that's <laughs> what a time <laughs> I saw today. There was this, uh, there's a tweet and it was iced tea and it was this whole thing about how he got robbed in New Jersey and when his hands were shaken and he was so nervous and the police showed up and they said, do you know who did it? And I pointed a trembling finger. It was pump nine. <laughs> Because I was like, man, iced tea out here being real vulnerable. And then I got to the end of the joke and was like, oh, okay, okay. You got us. You got us. There have been way too many tweets and jokes about gas prices. But honestly, like, not not enough. The other day I rented a car and they were like, uh, you know, when you when you rent a car, it's just, it's just, it's a lot. But they were like, do you want us to fill it up when it comes comes back or do you want to fill it up beforehand? And I asked, like, what was the price of it? And they're like, oh, it was like three Three fifty a gallon, and I was like, "Yeah, you guys can fill it up," because the average gas price was like four bucks in the area. So I was like, "I don't right. I mean, I don't know what who's who's making the decisions over here at budget." I don't know. That's a good call, though. I was just in California, boys, and I filled up the gas tank, and it was almost seven dollars a gallon. It was ridiculous. That's crazy. So that is... gas—that's a—that's a good idea. 
That's wild. So I'm not familiar with any podcast commercials. Oh, yeah, the question. And I don't want to think yeah. too big. My first reaction was going to be Tesla just because Fair. it's Elon Musk. And we all know how much Ted loves Elon. Listen, if Elon gives me a Tesla for this podcast, immediately changes my mind. If it what are you saying? Tesla or is it Tesla? Is it Tez or Tess? I think all the cool people say Tesla. That's not a Z. That's not a Z. That is an S. Tesla, Tesla, who cares, I right? I think I do. I think I care. I would like to be sponsored by Tesla, not well, Tesla. But that. Here's the deal. Yes, it would be nice to have something from Elon, and he has the means to do that. And that would be great. But I don't think that's realistic. I have an addiction. I drink a lot of Diet Mountain Dew. So Mountain Dew decided to sponsor our podcast. I mean, Diet Mountain Dew is my coffee. I think that would be great. We might have to start a Twitch channel. Mountain Dew sponsors a lot of gamers. So Everyday Elephants Gaming. I will say, Phil, I thought of you. I was at a lake house this weekend, and the folks who own the lake house, who graciously were letting us use it, they said, yeah, whatever's in the house, feel free to eat, drink, you know, whatever. Literally, they're like, this box of wine over here. And it wasn't like a box of wine. It was like a, like a they had bought six bottles, and it was in a box. So like, that's all... Anything else? Oh, I thought it was like Franzia. Yeah. I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> like that boxed wine over there, <laughs> off limits. Uh, but no, they had they had Diet Mountain Dew, and I was like, man. And I thought fondly of you, and literally an hour later, I was shaking. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what Diet Mountain Dew does to me. And but I, I like the taste every once in a while. But then I remembered like my jaw just starts going. And I, but I thought fondly of my boy Peaclop and his his deep love of of Diet Mountain Dew, and that would be a good sponsor. I would actually sign up for that sponsorship just for just you. so you can jitter. I think the next podcast that we do, we drink two Diet Mountain Dews each before the show, and we just hit record, <laughs> and we and, see and where Phil's, it goes. Phil's fine. Phil's just chugging along. And, this is me every day. And I and just, just like. I'm going to be talking just a little faster than I usually talk. It's going to be going and going and going and going and going. It's not going to know what to do. Wild. Anyways. One day we'll have sponsors. That's good. I think I listen to a lot of NBA podcasts. And I know we're not talking about sports on this podcast. That's what the Ted and Tanner podcast oh, is all about. I'm about to talk about spot, sports. So. But basketball cards. If like Panini or Skybox which just like, we'll just send you basketball cards. Wait, I'm still I'm out. still nine hold years on, old. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There's a basketball company, a card company called Panini? Yeah, I was I getting hungry at first. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's no, that's just, uh, that's it. You can type in. I think MLB cards are with, that's the company as well. I don't know. I mean, I, I know, know, I know Tops, I know Pinnacle, I know. Yeah. I think, think DraftKings just bought them all out. I mean, a Panini is a sandwich. So. You better believe it. Yeah, Panini, man. A delicious Are you sure that's how you pronounce it? Because you were calling us out for Tesla and Tesla. Yeah, hold that up. Hold that up to the camera here. P A N. Let's see. I N I. P A N I N I. Pan in me. Panini, not panini. Tesla. I'm All not right, even anyways. going to try because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Welcome to Everyday Elephants, where we're talking about pronunciation. We back. This is going to be our most listened to podcast. Well. It is fascinating that as as we've talked, that these things keep popping up in the news for us to jump in on. And Christianity Today, a major, major Christian publication, started in the 50s by Billy Graham, has been around since then. So, you know, over, you know, 50, what is that? Probably 
it's it's almost 70 years old now that as you you look at this magazine it's been around for a while magazine online you know it's made that and they have been people who until recently i would say have taken some courageous stands on worldly things whether you agree with it or not they have taken stands on certain things and i think anytime anyone takes a stand there's some courage in that and part of that is there was one of their editors took a stand against the following of Trump and wrote it wasn't necessarily the magazine, but it was an op ed. And I think wherever you fall on that spectrum, the fact that he stood up and said it, okay. And then also they had a long form podcast, which was hours upon hours about the downfall of Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill, which is a was a big mega church in Seattle. And they've covered all of the different scandals that have happened in the church world, especially in the past, you know, you think the past 10 years, as we've seen the Roman Catholic Church, and we've seen the Southern Baptist Church, we've seen different celebrity pastors have, whether it be money or sexual problems or a moral failing, they have been there to cover that. What has now happened is in the past week, it came out that they were having issues of sexual abuse. And in fact, the, the chief editor who wrote the op-ed against Trump and who took a stand, one of the reasons he wrote this op-ed of how Trump treated women, and now you find out that this guy was doing the same thing. Well, I don't know. Well, no, I'll say same thing. In that sexual harassment, the, the way he was describing it in his article was similar to what he was doing. Hmm. And boys, is that rough? Let me just go ahead. I, I have the article pulled up on, from Christianity Today, and I'm just going to read two little paragraphs of it because it, I think kind of gives a little snapshot of kind of what we're talking about, just so that the listener kind of has a can kind of hold what we're saying here. It says, uh, for more than a dozen years, Christianity Today failed to hold two ministry leaders accountable for sexual harassment at its Carroll Stream, Illinois office. A number of women reported demeaning, inappropriate, and offensive behavior by uh, a former editor and advertising director, but their behavior was not checked and the men were not disciplined, according to an external assessment of the ministry's culture released. That's the story that's happening. And yeah, I when we were we were texting about, hey, what do we want to talk about for our next episode of Everyday Elephants? I forget which one of y'all said we should talk about this, but I don't want to. Like, I don't want to talk about this because I, it just... It makes me cringe. You know what I'm saying? And let's call it out too. Gross. We're we're three dudes that don't experience that, especially from uh, from our side, as much as uh, women do. And I think that's the issue too. Is like, what authority do we have to be able to speak into something like this? Also, on the other hand, you know, after reading this, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I've learned not to be surprised with many different people organizations, ministry leaders. It's just, honestly, sometimes it's numbing for me. It's just like, yeah, another another big story of someone uh, treating women poorly where there's sexual harassment or moral failure. Yep, not surprised. Mm-hmm. And is that a problem too? Probably. Well, that's a huge thing, right, is, is kind of being numb to the news. Because, we, I, you know, I think now it's very different from when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, I woke up expecting there to be rainbows and sunshine and and candy and for people to pronounce Tesla the right way. But now that I'm older, it's like, like I'm, I'm expecting the worst to happen. Yeah. I'm expecting for somebody I know 
to fail, to make a mistake, for something to come out. And it's it's heartbreaking. Part of it, too, whenever I encounter these stories is I look and I go, how does that happen? That someone in a leadership position of this type, and I take a step back and look at my own life and realize, right, the sinful edge would be that's there. And I look back and I go, there are points that I wish I could have when I was much younger, like high school age, early college, where you're learning what all this means and you make these mistakes, but whether it was a self-correction or the correction of my parents or a friend, there was always someone there to make that correction or had raised me that if I recognized it, the guilt and frustration at myself in that correction was there. This is more saying, I don't think I've ever gotten to a point of what I would say would be sexual harassment, but I do feel like I've said something or done something that I look back and go, I wish I hadn't said or done that that way. That was not honoring Mm -hmm. to a woman around me, right? Mm -hmm. And it blows my mind how people can take these big stands on certain things and then in the background be having this issue. Props to Christianity Today that they self-reported it. The people who broke the story was Christianity Today. Now, the that editor who was there, he had since retired. I don't know about the advertising guy, but you yeah. look at how you, you look at how it went down. And one of the things it sounds like the advertising guy did is he would go into offices of women and make them feel uncomfortable. And for a company founded by Billy Graham to not be practicing the Billy Graham rule, which was that he was never alone with someone of the opposite sex, like that's fascinating. And honestly, I look at the Billy Graham rule stuff and I sometimes I question, is that too intense? Yeah. Is that not too intense? But there are these levels of how do men get to that point? Yeah. It's the accountability thing, right? Well, yeah. And to go back just a little bit, Ted, I think it's, you know, saying kind of what you were saying. And the three of us were all, like we mentioned, we're guys. We've worked in a lot of different places. And I also, when, when stories like this come out, you know, the things that I just like I've said because I was joking around, like you don't know how that comes that comes off, right? You don't know like the ways that you, that just like who you are as a person can come across towards other people. But this kind of behavior Right? Like this kind of behavior is like uncalled for. It is blatant. Like they know the game that they are trying to play. Like there is yeah. purpose behind this. It is backed up by by pride. It is backed up by by lust. It is backed up by all these these things. And so I think like as we are to, as we talk, like accountability has to play a huge factor in the in the in the life of the Christian, right? Where like the disciples mm-hmm. they walked together through things together when you become isolated when you become alone that's when things like this happen when pride begins to just puff you up puff you up and nobody is there to say hey stop right that's when this stuff happens and there's there's no excuse there's no excuse for this and i hope that it comes out clear and kind of where it's hard like we're saying but like you know our our hearts go out to those who have been hurt by this Mm -hmm. and what that hurt has done to their relationship with with the Lord. You look at what you just said, Tanner, which was that accountability, that friendship level. And that was basically their whole take in the Mars Hill podcast was that Mark Driscoll mm-hmm. 
unchecked. Basically held himself above mm-hmm. accountability. And to be fair, we'll say that, you know, maybe that project happened without the supervision of these people in the office. But you look and you go, that's the key is that if I said something like that, my hope would be that I had someone in my life who would basically hold me down until I saw what I was doing wrong. And you got you have to have you have to have those people that, that get the unfiltered you. Right. The, the person that, right. that you can go to and you can just say you can say it doesn't have to be gone through a filter at all. Be like, this is what's happening in my life. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what's what's like running mm-hmm. through me. Like and for you to have somebody who's going to meet that with grace, love and also going to be say going to say things like you need to stop or you need to apologize yeah. or you need to come forward or you need to walk away. So all good things. And I'm in agreement with you guys. I'm not going to argue that. And we need to do better. We need to learn. So that way, these stories don't continue to happen. That way, you know, we're we're not talking about these things, although it's probably still going to happen. But I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to bring in an elephant in the room. I'm going to flip the narrative, whether I agree with it or not. So there are people being accused of this, of sexual harassment, and there's reasons for that. But what happens when there are people being accused and it turns out to be a false narrative, which sometimes it may not be false because we're getting into legal battles and it becomes where it really comes into money and so one side concedes. We'll never know the truth. But there certainly has to be some situations where there's allegations that are made of someone doing this horrific act of sexual harassment, sexual abuse. But in all reality... It could be a made-up narrative. And here, here's what I'm saying. Christianity Today's stock has probably rised quite a bit since the Mars Hill podcast. This could have been a time for someone to capitalize and to make these allegations. Maybe there's money involved. I hope not, but that seems to be the case where you have someone attacking another. Now, I think we see more of this happening maybe not in the Christian side, but maybe like the political side or that where we have injustice happening from the other half. So what do we do about that? There's another report that came out. We were just talking about this beforehand with Brian Houston. He is resigning from Hillsong Church. He's been there for, it seems like forever. And there's two instances, which I think are not good for him. First of all, it was there. He didn't report what happened with what his father did back in the day, which was sexual abuse. But then there's two instances with him where he was with a woman in the hotel room for 40 minutes reportedly nothing happened from there. And the other thing was he had a flirtatious text. What do we do with all these other things, whether they're true or not? How do we handle this? Because this is not an easy subject to talk about. There's two sides to this. Now, I think women have gotten the worst, let's be honest. But there is the other side. Yeah. And I think it's important that we keep, you know, mentioning like the victims who were involved in totally, you know, honor them. But again, like with, you know, with everyday elephants with this podcast, like it's just us three guys trying to fumble through a conversation that we think is important to happen. So I don't know to what you're saying, like, what do we do with all this? Is that what you're asking? Do we still recognize the other side? If one is accused, do we just go on Twitter and just say that must be true? How do we hear this out well? How do we converse about this well? Understand all scenarios. I I just think there's another side to it. So if we're having a conversation, we need to be able to talk about these things. I think that we, we realize we don't have to be a voice in every conversation, you know, even as we're sitting here talking about it on a podcast, but looking and saying, 
the issues are there and and how do we I think Phil what you're trying to ask is how do we balance accusation versus reality yep. how do we look and we say every accusation there there could be false accusations in there and there will be false accusations now let's look at just Christianity today what you see is that there are corroborating instances and I think that's a big part of it is this did not happen in a vacuum. This was happening like in meetings, in the office. The heart, it, like the heartbreaking thing was like HR departments should be set apart to handle this yep. so that there are records, so that things are taken yeah. care of in that way. And this is not one of those moments specifically on the Christianity Today thing. After reading the article, you know, they published because there was corroboration. Mm-hmm. They, what I can say of what I've seen of Christianity today, and I'm not like a deep reader of it, but from what I've seen is they they have some journalistic integrity that they're not just going to run out and publish based on a, a feeling. It's not like a clickbait organization. Right. It is, we, we want to share. And kudos to them how they handled sure. it. And yeah. that kind of goes back to other conversations we've had about media and stuff where it's like, we're just going to pump out noise so that you'll click on us so that we can get more money. Right. I don't, I don't. Right. I, that's not my sense with this. This is, I hope, we're being an example of what we believe to be true in the way about navigating our lives and roles as followers. Well, and it, and two, Phil, I think what it goes to as well is to say, we as a church have to be better about talking about earthly consequences. To say none of these people are past the redemption of a Savior. But as we have these conversations as the church— we look and we say, but there are earthly consequences to actions. And I think as we differentiate that and as things are investigated and looked into, because this is, I mean, in the past year, this is not the last or most major one. Because you have Brian Houston who resigned. You have this Christianity Today thing. There have been a group of churches that plant churches that they've lost something like 10 pastors of their huge churches in the past two years. You have the Ravi Zacharias issue of the sexual misconduct he was a part of. And then the cover-up, his company worked to try and, not a company, his ministry worked to cover it up. And to me, the bigger question is to say, as we look at these situations, they're going to happen. Like like we've talked here, like it's going to be heartbreaking. It's going to be, we're not surprised anymore when they happen. I think the big thing for us is to say, how are we as, and I'll take us where we are, how do we as men honor women the best we can in the places where we live and work? Mm-hmm. And then also, how are we building relationships? Because here's the thing. I would expect if I said something foolish on or off the podcast, that the two of you guys, and you both have have in the past, Stops me and going, hey, that's dumb. Or, you know, as it gets worse, hey, you're sinning. Like 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a majority of our talk off the podcast is my sins. <laughs> well, I think kind of, you know, what you're saying is, it kind of goes back to it. Like, I think it's important that we need to respect, obviously, respect and elevate the voice of women and treat them with honor at all times, especially in the workplace. You know, like that's and that's just not how it's this is like we don't live in in the show, in in the show Mad Men. Like that's not reality anymore. And let's not hope it is reality anywhere. 
And I think like if we're actually like leaders now, I also like work alone by myself, but we all have interactions with people from all different walks of life, backgrounds and, and identities, right? Like I, I want to lead with humility and with respect. And I want to go into it believing the best of other people. And I think like just this kind of behavior is like, this is not what it's all about. Like it gets back to, to being kingdom focused. Like that's it. It's not about money. It's not about status. It's not about mm-hmm. the next the next this or the next that. It's just about eternity. Again, I'm with you guys completely. And I see it right in front of yeah, my eyes. I would... I would hope you are, Phil. And, you know, as you're listening and Phil says that, he really just, you're just having it so we have the conversation about it. Well, and let me give you a scenario too. And I'm not going to give this person's name, but I have a friend that is at a Christian school and he was substitute teaching for a, it was a gym class, a PE class. And they were all doing stretches. And the one girl had to walk away. And at first she just said she needed to go to the bathroom, but she went to the nurse. And then when she went to the nurse, she said the substitute teacher was looking at me and made me feel uncomfortable, which turned into a whole different thing where she felt like he was staring at her, which is now becoming a bigger issue. You have other services coming in. They're doing an investigation. And it turned out after interviewing all of the classmates, like this friend didn't do anything wrong. He was really struggling through this situation, but it tainted his name heavily because word got around. Mm -hmm. And so there's these other organizations that don't have the HR organizations like, you know, Christianity Today, which is obviously wrong that nothing, none of this happened. But I'm thinking about like just some of the everyday people who might be involved who are wrongfully accused. But on the other hand, again, I see it all the time. Tanner, you and I were on a bus at a conference and we saw a ministry leader. And I told you I thought the comment that that person made was a really inappropriate comment to make. I'm not going to explain this scenario. And I lost a lot of respect for that person. And that is sexual harassment. It's happening. But it's there's so much around us. And it's it's stirring up, I don't know, a lot of emotion for me of like, what do we do? This is hard. Yeah. And I think I think we just we need to just it goes back to accountability yep. for for guys. But it, it just when I was uh, a camp counselor, we would do staff training. And one of the parts of the staff training was just kind of like talking about like how do you be a counselor? And uh, my boss at the time, his he spent about an hour talking about um, like don't be an idiot. Like that was it. Like that was his advice for us. And I have taken that advice sometimes. I have not taken that advice other times. And it's, I don't know, like that's, that's it. Or like, don't, just don't. Treat them with respect. Treat women with honor, with respect, and with kindness. Yeah. Because isn't that how you want to be treated? Like just because you're a dude does not mean that you get to do whatever you want to do. That's terrible. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't, that is not, that is this world is not yours. That company is not yours. The people working for you are not yours. I'll be a steward of your life. All right, gonna, I'm going to calm down a little bit. No, well, and it goes back to, you know, we had our discussion about purity culture early on in the podcast. And I think some of it goes back to that, to like look at men and go, listen, this your life is not lived 
and I'll speak specifically towards Christian men, right? Your life is not lived for the purpose of someday you will meet a woman, and the purpose of that woman is that she will fulfill your sexual desires. But a lot of Christian sexual purity materials basically for guys makes it seem that way, that it's like, yeah, once you get married, you know, you're fine. And so we built this sexual ethic that says, even in our honoring of women, we still see them as something for us, as opposed to saying the beauty of marriage, the beauty of that is that sex is a piece of that, and it is a gift of God, but it is two humans together, because what it comes down to is, you know, even as I talked about, you know, I, I don't understand how men get here. I mean, I can, the the battles with, with lust and those struggles and those kinds of things, like we live in a world where it's like, unless you're sewing your eyes shut, there's temptation. And so I understand how people get there. I just know I've had the people in my life to help me understand, like, stop seeing others as objects. And that's that's across the board, but specifically in this place, it is stop seeing women as objects. And it's looking and saying, just look at this Christianity Today thing. Here are these I'm assuming very talented women because they're in these roles in this company and these men who should be their leaders, who should be working their hardest to help these women, you know, achieve and grow and, you know, all the things you're supposed to do as a leader of a business. And instead they're basically going, well, you're pretty and that's what you're good for. And that's just trash. And the problem is, as humans, men and women, we are going to struggle with lust, and lust will be hard when lust is combined with power, it becomes an even bigger issue. Because power, I think that when we talk about, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts, absolutely, you know, that whole thing, well, the allure of power is that people do things for me. And it's pride. Power, when power and pride mix, we get this, like, I'm owed, and this entitlement. And so, what you see in these stories are men who go, well, I am owed these things because they're not taking care of their marriages, because they're not doing those things. And so they start looking at women as objects. And my assumption too would be that there is some form of pornography involved for them because that then becomes another way of viewing people as things and not people. This episode's kind of been, I, I mean, let me say this because I, I think we should probably start kind of closing out because we've said a lot and maybe we didn't say anything at all. I'm not sure, but I hope that, and I'll speak for, I'll try to speak for us guys. I hope that what has come through in this conversation is that everyday elephants that the three of us that we respect and we want to honor women Mm -hmm. in the workplace and outside of the workplace. And it's just, I, there has been a lot of headlines that have really hurt leaders and and Christians as we try to spread hope and announce what true love is. Um, and so, yeah, these stories, I hope that we, we stop hearing them and stop hearing them soon. Well, and that we would come at it from a place of humility to say, it's not just that we want to do it, we want to grow in it. Yep that we're not perfect in it because this is, this is right. Like this is the, 
the major issue of what comes. But I want to look and say, I want to honor women in my church, women in my family, yeah. women in my life. Yeah. And I know I can grow in those things because I never want to be at this point. Well, the way I don't get to that point is I learn to honor further down the road. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more that we could say about this conversation, uh, but I think this is probably a good place for us to to end. Um, thanks for joining us for another episode of Everyday Elephants. If there is an elephant that you would like for us to talk about or attempt to talk about, send us a message. You can find us uh, all over the internet. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so, well, I guess that's it. I'm Tanner. I'm Phil. I'm Ted. Thanks for joining us. Right, good conversation, boys.